Chapter Twenty Three of Old Wells Dug Out. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marcia Payne. Old Wells Dug Out by Thomas Talmage. The Arrival of Autumn. The summer is ended. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 20. The text was occasioned by the departure of the glory of the Jews, but read on this first autumnal Sabbath starts up in my mind more thoughts than the bang of a sportsman gun ever routed quails out of the grass. The summer is ended. The soul of the intelligent Christian reflects the natural world from all sides while there are those who have not enough beauty in their souls to speckle the wing of an insect nor enough music to drown the buzz of a gadfly to the intelligent christian river wave and cloud bank and tree branch and bird song are so many evangelists and apostles with their scroll of light to unwind and their sermon to preach he sees a cross in every tree and christ in every lily beholds death descending on a falling leaf and the resurrection foretold in every bud bursting the year is to him a great temple of praise on whose altar as an offering spring puts its blossoms and summer its sheaf of grain and autumn its branch of fruits while winter like a white-bearded priest stands at the altar praising god with psalm of snow and hail and tempest the summer season is the perfection of the year the trees are in full foliage the rose god's favorite flower for he has made nearly five hundred varieties of it flames with divine beauty i do not wonder that nero once paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one wreath of roses with which to adorn his supper-table the origin of the rose is suggested by the legend which says in the east a holy woman was burned at the stake and when the executioner put the torch to the wood it kindled into roses instead of fire and so the world has had plenty of flowers ever since Summer is the season of beauty the world itself is only one drop from the overflowing cup of god's joy all the sweet sounds ever heard are but one tone from the harp of god's infinite melody when god made all things he did not half try to the work of man there is a wrong side but there is no wrong side to the carpets which god hath nailed to the earth or to the curtains he has hung to the heavens no thread ever snaps in god's loom in your recent wanderings you have seen the beauty of the lord and the beauty of the summer the summer is also a season of exposure excursion trains come into collision and the wawaset perishes on the potomac the perils of the traveler were illustrated by the conductor on the mount washington railroad this summer when on the steep places of that steepest rail track in all the earth a man was frightened and he said to the conductor suppose the locomotive should give out where would we go to ah said the conductor 
there is a break at the front of the car but said the traveller suppose that should give out where then would we go to said the conductor there is another break you see on the cars but said the affrighted passenger suppose that also should give way where then would we go to and the conductor replied significantly that depends upon how you have lived summer a season of exposure many yield to the temptation and eat forbidden fruit the sin of our first parents and die diseases that had their root in some cough in the winter in the summer put forth the white blossom of death malaria floats on the august night air every bill of mortality is increased epidemics drive out their hundred hearses to greenwood and laurel hill old age sinks down from exhaustion under the heat and death like an old herod sends the messengers to bethlehem for the massacre of the infants in the week that ended last nineteenth of july five hundred children died in the city of new york summer is a season of exposure as well as a season of harvest and a season of beauty but that summer wave of beauty is receding the sap of the tree is halting in its upward current the night is fast conquering the day the populations of our great cities are flying homeward crowded rail trains are full of returning tourists you and i are buckling on the work of the cooler months the sports of our recreating days are gone summer with fever heats has perished and tonight we twist a wreath of scarlet sage and china asters for her brow and bury her under the scattered rose leaves while we beat amidst the woods and by the watercourses this solemn dirge the summer is ended there are three or four classes of persons of whom the words of my text are descriptive in the first place they are appropriate to the aged those in this audience who are far advanced in years were once just like ourselves there was a time when they could hardly bridle their exuberance they laughed they romped they shouted they sang the world was as bright to them then as it is to us now though they are in the october of life now it was june with them once they take with placidity things that once would have made them ablaze with indignation sometimes they may chide us because of our vivacity but when two or three of the aged get together i have overheard them talk in the next room about occurrences which make me believe that when they were of our age they were just like us how fast they did drive what strong wrestlers they brought to the earth in what a wilful mood they upset the sleigh to see the victims crawl out of the snowbank how many frolics there were and how many quiltings the aged do not talk much to us about these things they wonder why we are not as cool as they are ah the dear souls forget that july is never as cool as november 
aged Christians used to be a great discouragement to me when I heard of their great attainments and viewed my own spiritual backwardness, but now they are great encouragement to me, for since I have found that they are about as I am, I have come to the conclusion that the same things which have favored them will favor me, and I get some hint of what a good man I will be in my ninetieth year but the aged feel life going away from them. They stop at the top of the stairs, all out of breath, and say, I can't walk up the stairs as well as I used to. They hold the book off to the other side of the light when they read. Their eye is not so quick to catch a sight, nor their ear a sound. Instead of the strong stride with which they once went along the street, they take short steps now, as though about to stop in the journey. Their voice is tremulous, and their hand, that failed not to send the bullet to the mark, has lost its steadiness. Too feeble even to walk out on pleasant days, the cushioned chair is wheeled to the veranda. The bloom and verdure of their life have drooped. June has melted into July july has fallen back into august and august has cooled into september the summer is ended i have noticed that in this climate in the latter part of october or the first part of november there is a season of beautiful weather called indian summer it is the gem of all the year a haziness is in the atmosphere but still everything is pleasant and mild and so I see before me tonight some who have come to that season. There is a haziness on their vision, I know, but the sweetness of heaven has melted into their soul. I congratulate those who have come to the Indian summer of their life. Their grandchildren climb up on the back of the chair and run their fingers along the wrinkles which time has for a long while been furrowing there. On sunny afternoons, grandfather goes out in the churchyard and sees on the tombstones the names the very names that sixty years ago he wrote on his slate at school he looks down where his children sleep their last sleep and before the tears have fallen says so much more in heaven patiently he waits his appointed time until his life goes out gently as a tide and the bell tolls him to his last home under the shadow of the church that he loves so long and loves so well blessed old age if it be found in the way of righteousness but i remark again that my text is appropriate for all those whose fortunes have perished if a man loses his property at thirty or forty years of age it is only a sharp discipline generally by which later he comes to larger success it is all folly for a man to sit down in mid-life discouraged the marshals of napoleon came to their commander and said we have lost the battle and we are being cut to pieces napoleon took his watch from his pocket and said it is only two o'clock in the afternoon you have lost that battle but we have time enough to win another charge upon the foe though the meridian of life has passed with you and you have been routed in many a conflict give up not in discouragement there are victories yet for you to gain 
but sometimes monetary disaster comes to a man when there is something in his age or something in his health or something in his surroundings which make him know well that he will never get up again in eighteen fifty seven it was estimated that for many years previous to that time annually there had been thirty thousand failures in the united states many of those persons never recovered from the misfortune the leaves of worldly prosperity all scattered the day-book and the ledger and the money-safe and the package of broken securities crying out the summer is ended but let me give a word of comfort in passing the sheriff may sell you out of many things but there are some things of which he cannot sell you out he cannot sell you out your health he cannot sell you out your family he cannot sell you out your bible he cannot sell you out your god he cannot sell you out your heaven you have left more than you have lost a man of large wealth died two men were talking over his death and one said to the other how much did he leave and the other man thoughtfully replied every dollar so that if the ghost of stephen gerard or john jacob astor should come into the retail store on canal street they could not get trusted for ten cents and would not have money enough to ride in a car on fulton avenue the poets always represent ghosts as walking i suppose they cannot afford to ride death is an auctioneer which sells us out of all our earthly possessions and there is nothing left when once he drops his hammer of stone on the coffin lid crying gone gone but sons and daughters of god mourn not when your property goes the world is yours and life is yours and death is yours and immortality is yours and thrones of imperial grandeur are yours and rivers of gladness are yours and shining mansions are yours and god is yours the eternal god hath sworn it and every time you doubt it you charge the king of heaven and earth with perjury instead of complaining how hard you have it go home to-night take up your bible full of promises get down on your knees before god and thank him for what you have instead of spending so much time in complaining about what you have not again the words of the text are appropriate to all those who have passed through luxuriant seasons of grace without improvement i know there are those who do not believe in revivals but i think that if there had been no revivals there would not have been a single church in england or america to-day it would have been impossible to withstand the flood of sin and wretchedness had it not been for those large gatherings the church of god could not have maintained its ground suppose a foreign despotism should attack our country would we be afraid of having men come too plentifully to our standard no we would say let them come a million men from the north a million men from the south a million men from the west and let us go out and fight the foe the quicker they come and the vaster the multitude the gladder would be our huzzah yet there are christians who when they see a sudden reinforcement in the church are afraid 
alas that they are so unwise a revival that would bring all the twelve hundred millions of our race into the kingdom of god in one day ought not to frighten any honest christian but there are men in the house who have gone through revivals and been unsaved there are hundreds of men in this audience before me to-night who ought to have been saved in eighteen fifty seven you felt the throb of that national upheaval you remember the time many of you do at any rate when the engine houses were turned into prayer meetings when in one day to one of our ports there came five vessels with sea captains who had been brought to god in the last voyage religion broke out of church into places of business and amusement christian songs floated into the temple of mammon while the devotees were counting their golden beads a company of merchants on chambers street new york at their own expense hired burton's old theatre and every day at twelve o'clock the place was filled with men crying after god the telegrams flashed backward and forward from fulton street prayer meeting and jane's hall in philadelphia god is here fifty souls to-day born into the kingdom seventy-five people stood up for prayers one hundred souls rejoicing in the gospel oh that was the healthiest excitement the world has ever felt since the day of pentecost some of you went through all that and are not saved it required more resolution and determination for you not to be saved than under god would have made you a christian but all that process has hardened your soul through all these seasons of revival you have come and you are to-night living without god on the way to a death without hope the summer is ended again the text is appropriate to all those who expire after a wasted life there are two things that i do not want to bother me in the last hour the one is my worldly affairs i want all those affairs so plain and disentangled that the most ignorant administrator could see what was right at a glance and there could be no standing around about the office of the surrogate devouring widows houses the other thing i do not want to be bothered about in my last hour is the safety of my soul god forbid that i should crowd into that last feeble languishing delirious hour questions enough momentous to swamp an archangel the saddest thing on earth is a deathbed with a wasted life standing on one side of it and an overshadowing eternity standing on the other side of it and no jesus christ anywhere in the room pull from under my head that pillow stinging with thorns and put under it the hand of jesus on which many of my beloved ones have died though the pillow may seem to the world as hard as the rock on which jacob slept still there will be let down to that christian death pillow a ladder reaching into the heaven an angel on the lowest rung an angel on the top rung and an angel on every rung between so that the soul ascending may mount upward stepping from wing to wing into the skies but the commonest thing in the world is for a man to die without hope 
how we all were stunned when last summer or last spring the atlantic struck a rock near newfoundland but hark to the crash of ten thousand immortal shipmates if you have ever slept in a house on the prairie where in the morning without rising from your pillow you could look off on the landscape you could see it miles away clear to the horizon it is a very bewildering scene but how much more intense the prospect when from the last pillow a soul looks back on life and sees one vast reach of mercies 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 unimproved and then gets upon one elbow and puts the head on the hand to see beyond all that but seeing nothing beyond but mercies 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 unimproved the bells of sorrow will toll through all the past and the years of early life and midlife wail with a great lamentation a dying woman after a life of frivolity says to me mr talmage do you think that i can be pardoned i say oh yes then gathering herself up in the concentered dismay of a departing spirit she looks at me and says sir i know i shall not then she looks up as though she hears the clink of the hoofs of the pale horse and her long locks toss on the pillow as she whispers the summer is ended again the text is appropriate to all those who wake up in a discomfited eternity i know there are those who say it don't make any difference how we live or what we believe we will come out at the golden gate they are all there together in glory the pauls and the neros and the abraham lincolns and the john wilkes booths and the rob spires and the men who were destroyed by the guillotine and the court of charles the first and louis the sixteenth all together in glory if i thought it were true that whatever our belief or behavior in this world we would go safely i would preach that it is a great deal pleasanter to offer congratulation than to offer warning but that bible tells us differently and our own sense of what is right utters an overwhelming negative do you believe that your sister and your mother who lived christian lives and died holy deaths are now in a world in the companionship of all the unrepentant libertines and debauchees that went out last year from baxter street my soul abhors the idea let me say if your belief leads you to that so that you really do think that your christian mother and your christian sister are in such society i want to tell you mine are not mine are not no no the good must go up and the bad must go down i want no bible to tell me that truth there is something within my heart that says it is not possible that a man whose life has been all rotten can in the future world without repentance be associated with men who have been consecrated to christ what does the bible say it says as we sow we shall reap it says these shall go away into everlasting punishment and the righteous into life eternal does that look as though they are coming out at the same place and there was a great gulf fixed and the smoke of their torment ascended up for ever and ever 
if a man rejects the bible i am not surprised that he believes anything or refuses to believe anything but how a man can believe in that bible and yet believe that all the good and all the unrepentant will go to the same place i cannot understand ah you may ask me strange questions you may say are the heathen lost i reply god has not given us supervisal of the heathen i simply know this that if your soul and mine have had an offer of life from christ the lord and reject it and continue to reject it we must go to the bad place and not come out of it i am not now discussing the state of the heathen but discussing the state of my soul and yours now suppose a man goes out from brooklyn a city in which there are as many religious advantages as in any city under the sun and suppose he wakes up from a discomfited eternity how will he feel having become a serf of darkness how will he feel when he thinks that he might have been a prince of light there are no words of lamentation sufficient to express that sorrow you can take the whole group of sad words pain pang convulsion excruciation torment agony and woe and they come short of the reality the summer of gracious opportunity is all gone the last clock has struck the last bell rung the last call has been rejected then looking up to a heaven that it can never reach and looking down to a ruin it must always inhabit and shivering with the chill of an unending horror the soul will wring its hands and cry the summer is ended i am glad that that hour of doom has not struck for anybody here and i mean tonight to launch a lifeboat large enough to take off all the passengers shove off my lads and pull for the wreck what is the use of dying when the ten thousand voices of heaven cry live live oh there is enough mercy in the heart of my lord jesus christ in the flash of an instant to take all this audience into the peace and the hope of the gospel if i point you out the peril it is only because i want to tell you the way of escape say bondsmen of sin and death will you be free men and women bought out of eternal serfdom by your own brother's blood will you accept emancipation the lord jesus waits for you he stands on two torn feet spreading out two mangled hands with which he would press you to his broken heart while heaven bends over watching and waiting to see whether you will now repent and believe lest the night drop and the last chance of mercy be gone and the door be shut and the harvest is past and the summer is ended end of chapter 23 reading by marcia payne